When you say you're a sustainable brand, you have to look at every single way you work. Yeah. So there's several ways that we, like you say, that are not financially driven, that we had to make decisions and they've cost us a lot of money. Mm. One of my, you know, one of my biggest goals? Yeah. I want a bloody nice place to work. Yeah. I want people to come into work and just absolutely love their job. If I ever sit there and I, I put my head in my hands, I've had it every week, probably yeah. since starting, I've put my head in my hands and I'm like, you know what? Screw this, I don't want to do this anymore. It'd be easier if I got a job. I think about little Callow's face, yeah. and when she grows up and she sees her mummy, and she says, you know what, my mummy did this when I was little. And if I yeah. did step away, I want it to be by decision, yeah. not by force. I know I've got, I've got it in me to do it. Yeah. I always say this to myself all the time, this business will be massive if I want it to be. Hi there, welcome to Director's Debrief. This episode is a little bit different. We have a guest, and it's none other than the owner and entrepreneur behind The Wandering Bee, a fantastic e-commerce business that makes kick-ass kind candles using beer bottles. Beth is an incredible entrepreneur who founded this business in her kitchen, from making the website, marketing and advertising, to making the candles too, and everything in between. She asked me why I wanted her to be on the podcast, and the main reason was to pick at the brain of somebody who's started, pushed on through the difficult times, showed up consistently, promoted her business on social media, and turned up to the market, and didn't let up. You'll see from this conversation that it wasn't all smooth sailing. It was anything but an easy ride. But here we are, a year later, and she's grown as an entrepreneur. She's grown as a person, and her business has outgrown her kitchen, and there are no signs of slowing down. In this conversation, we talk about entrepreneurship, the high points, and the support and self-realizations needed to get through the low points. There is a lot to learn from Beth and her journey, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you do, please make sure to like and subscribe as we want to shine a light on a lot more cool and young businesses. Hello, welcome to Director's Debrief episode Ram, put the, put the number in there because you're not here and I don't know what episode we're on. We're here with, oh yes, I'm glad we've gone live because I wanted to ask you this uh, for a really, really long time. Okay, go on. I feel like you're most referred to by your nickname. Yeah. And I've been questioning a lot whether I know you well enough to call you by your nickname. <laughs> and that, but it does feel really odd when I'm the only one calling it's you It's actually Beth, the or, other way around. The people that are close to me call me Beth. Okay. And then people that don't really know me call me B. Okay. What would you rather I called you? Eva, Beth. Okay. You know me as Beth. Oh, okay. Because if you would have said B. Yeah, actually, you, yeah. <laughs> just Not refer just to yet. me as B. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joined today by Beth uh, from The Wandering B. In your own mm-hmm. words, would you like to introduce yourself very quickly? Yeah, so my name's B, and I won The Wandering B. We make kick-ass kind candles out of beer bottles. Uh, yeah, so originally from Stone. We moved to London. I met Sam. Uni, didn't we? Yeah. And then I moved back to Stone and that's when I started my business. So I have a couple of questions for you where mm-hmm. I'm going to be asking you about entrepreneurship. That's kind of the focus of the podcast. I'd love to, like I said sort of before we started rolling, I have a million mm-hmm. questions about your business. What yeah. made you go, let's let's start this, we got to go. Um, I just felt completely unfulfilled. So I was working in a really rubbish job as a recruiter that I hated and I you knew didn't... I wanted to have a baby. I worked a yeah. little bit in recruitment. Oh, it's... socks. Is it, is it not... <laughs> okay. I I'm so glad you said it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the worst job. Well, it yeah. was for me anyway. I hated yeah. it. I had my baby. So 
she was nine months old. I knew I needed another job. I started a job at the dentist. Yeah. And I was just a receptionist. I say just a receptionist. It's actually really hard. People don't give receptionists a good enough rep. Like, it's a really hard job. Top tip in life. Yeah. Be super nice to receptionists. You Have... get the best things as yeah. well. Like, you, if you're nice to a receptionist, we will hook you up. We'll be calling you like, yeah, we've actually got 2 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was working at the dentist and I was completely unfulfilled. I knew I had potential. You feel like when you when you've got got a bit of entrepreneurship about you 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 have like a burning desire inside to do something yeah. and I knew I wanted to do something I'm really sorry to interrupt because I think mm-hmm. you've touched on something really awesome mm. and something that may benefit some people that might be lacking the confidence mm-hmm. on this you knew you had potential yeah I genuinely believe that everybody has potential but not yeah. everybody knows it 100% bang so, on so how how did you feel like you had potential or what made you realize that you had potential I think from a very young age when I was like literally born I, I don't really get embarrassed about things so like I've been yeah it's like a superpower but it's my my parents are okay. super super confident so like my dad he is like the one of the most confident men you'll ever meet like it's amazing my mom is like she walks into a room and she lights up a room like she's got everything about her and I've been brought up by two people who have told me to walk in a room and like own the space awesome so I felt like I've been very blessed to have parents that have given me so much confidence and it's not just my parents all my family are very confident I have a very extrovert family okay so I think I've grown up around a lot of people that have told me you can do anything mm-hmm. you can do anything you put your mind to so it's fed me with confidence don't get me wrong I lose it probably every week probably once a day I'll have like a meltdown where I'm like I haven't got this or you know xyz but that kind of like belief that I had more to give yeah I feel like I've always had when I was at the dentist I was just like you know what I'm gonna start a business I've done it before with Josh in London um I kind of worked for Josh and I wanted my own thing what were you doing there, sorry? Um, we ran a little uh, graphic design business called Pink Ginger. Okay. Cool. And um, he was the graphic designer and I kind of did everything back end. So I dealt with his payments. Mm-hmm. Um, I built the website, um, did all the, you know, dealing with clients for him. Mm-hmm. And then he did the actual work. Okay. Um, but that didn't work out because... Two, two reasons, really. We were living in London. It was really expensive. Yep. Really it's expensive. only gotten worse, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really expensive. And we couldn't really afford to live, work our jobs, and not pick up overtime to focus on the graphic design. Yeah. So it was like a, we had to give it up. So when we moved here, I was like, I knew I, I, knew I still had the skills um, to do something. Yeah. And that's what kind of pushed me to go, what am I going to do? Mm. What are we going to do? Right. I'm going to do a business. <laughs> and then I just went for it. Cool. Um, and then what was the sort of selection process like? Because business is very, very vague. Mm-hmm. Um, any, I think anybody who's who's known you through your Wandering Bee journey would say that you're a, I don't know, at least I, from an outsider's point of view, I saw you making the candles. I was like, oh, she's clearly a candle expert. Yeah. Right? So, so how, did, how yeah. did you come about to at least represent yourself in that way? How did you go from, I want a business to candles, so, who, to <laughs> candles and also to someone who knows their shit about candles? Yeah. I knew I want, obviously I had this idea that I wanted to start a business. I've yeah. sold artwork before as well. I did that for a while. Yeah. Um, so I was like, why don't I sell artwork again? My goal was my goal was to work for myself. It didn't yeah. matter what it was doing. I just wanted to work for myself. And I was looking at ways to get a really good get going business from the get go. So you start a business, you can start making a profit yeah. to push me into making a job. There was, oh my God, the list goes on. 
But one of them on there was candles. Okay. Through lockdown, it's one of the fastest growing markets at the moment. Like everybody and anyone is starting businesses making either wax melts or candles. Okay. And um, I just sat on the sofa and I was like, what about candles? And Josh was like, yes. And we're both very spiritual. And when we have a gut feeling, we know to go for it. So he said yes. And there and then, in that moment, just a random moment, I sat on Google, I ordered, went on Amazon, I ordered two bags of wax, Hmm. my fragrance oil, and I just sat back for two whole weeks. And this is my ADHD tendencies. (laughs) I hyper-focused the, can I swear? Hyper-focused the shit out of it. Like, I literally every minute of every waking day I'd wake up and I was searching how to make candles I wrote down formulas I wrote down chemical compounds I was working out the difference between this wax this wax this wax I must have tested about a hundred wicks okay. <laughs> I'm a perf- ultimate perfectionist yeah. and um after you know weeks I think it was like a month of making so many batches of candles yeah i had this one which is my recipe now and i was like that is just the best candle i've ever had and that's kind of how it started because i'd found a product that i knew was better than anything i've had before okay so i'm, I'm noticing a bit of a contrast mm. which is from your long list of prospects of things mm-hmm. that you could sell on the wandering bee or things that you could do for yourself as a business uh you went candles yeah josh went yes you made it work. So yeah. that to me seems like, you say, a spiritual decision or mm. maybe an impulse decision. But then when it came to actually implementing the candles, mm-hmm. you sound very methodical. Yeah. Like you're testing along the process. Where did yeah. that come from? I, you know, I, I, I think it's just, I like to have things perfect. Right, okay. Like, I don't do anything by halves. I'm like one of these people. So for example, when I wanted to start my vlogging channel yeah. years ago, I was at uni. Mm-hmm. I had no money whatsoever. I bought the best camera for vlogging at that moment and went into my overdraft it cost us 450 quid and I was like I went all out that is me like I want things to be like perfect so that's where that came from it was like this desire to have something I want you to be able to burn that candle and say that is the best candle I've ever had and if you don't I won't proceed like it has to be the best that's kind of where the methodical part of me comes in that's incredible so sorry to turn this negative Mm. question I want to ask you is have you found that hinder you in any way? Do you find any limitations of only the best gets 100%, goes through? 100%, yeah. It yeah? slows you, you down massively. Slows you down. Oh, massively. Jenny, my, who works for us, she mm. would say this 10 times <laughs> over. I am so methodical with the way I like things and I like them to be perfect that we make candles at a much slower rate than say as if you came on and I taught you how to do it this makes me sound crazy but I literally so I make the candle right and then I have two types of microfibers and I wipe it down once with one microfiber I stick them then I wipe it down with a second microfiber then we check it three times to make sure there's no (laughs) wax residue (laughs) then I get the next microfiber wipe it down and then put it in the box. So it does slow me down massively. However, I think it pays off in the return of the people. There'll be no fingerprints on that candle when you yeah, receive okay. it. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think it pays off, but it yeah. does slow me down. You mentioned you worked in recruitment. Yes. Um, and there are a few aspects. Uh, I, I did a very brief stint in recruitment. Okay. Um, and I didn't like that a lot of the things that you had to do in that role didn't make sense to me, mm. but was still somehow effective in the business. So mm. we ended up having to do a lot, a lot of relationship calls. Yeah. So this is where people who are looking for jobs, you call them just for a chat. 
just mm. so it looks like you're doing a good job. Right. I didn't like that because I imagined myself in their shoes just getting that call of just like, well, have you got why my job? Called, yeah. yeah why, why have you called <laughs> yeah. But I'm just curious because I think recruitment is sort of synonymous with sales. Mm-hmm. And that's an industry that you definitely need confidence to succeed yes. in. Um, and I'm just curious, what, what, what aspects of recruitment drove you away from it, firstly? Um, monotonous. I was having the same conversation over and over and over again. It's just one of those roles where I'm a people person. I Mm. love talking. The biggest thing that my two managers that I had that would say that I ran away with was conversations. I made friends with my clients. I had two of them add me on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I would get carried away in conversation. I would learn their star signs. (laughs) I knew how many pets they had and what what they were doing at the weekend with the kids. Like... I was very, very, very chatty to the point where it would hinder my job role because I would get too carried away talking. Now, what I didn't like was that that conversation uh, was very unnatural. I had to follow a script by the end because everybody, not just me, they weren't like, no, you're too much, follow this script. (laughs) Everybody had a script. And as the business kind of changed in the recruitment area, like aspect of it changed, this script was just so mechanical. Okay. And I can't do mechanical. Okay. I'm not a mechanical person. I'm very animated. I like to... When I ask a question, I'm genuinely asking a question. And what I struggled with with recruitment, I was being asked to ask questions that, for me, I was like, that's so false. It doesn't flow in our conversation. Yeah. I can sell myself and I can sell the role if you let me do it. Yeah. But when I was being, like, guided on what exactly to say, I actually find the selling of the role difficult. Yeah. You know? So... That's a great point. So you said you can sell yourself, which ultimately um, leans itself into the age-old people don't buy from companies, they buy from people. Yeah, that's um, true. What sort of advantages have you found being yourself carries, mm. your your confident, extroverted self? Mm. Uh, you've mentioned sometimes when you do like local drop-offs, yeah. you get carried away in conversation <laughs> yeah, as well. I do. Um, <laughs> what sort of advantages do you think have, have come from that in the business? I hate to use the word advantage, but do you know no, what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. Well, it is an advantage. It, yeah. it's a, I actually think it's a massive advantage because mm. you know when people ask, well, what's different about your business that they don't have you? Yeah. I'd say one of the aspects of the Wandering Bee is that if someone was to go and steal this idea, yeah. you know, someone was going to go and recreate the Wandering Bee, one of the things that is key to the Wandering Bee is me. Mm. And I don't mean that in a big-headed way. I think a lot of entrepreneurs would say that about their own business because okay. you're the what... For example, in yours, like you and Ash run your thing, you know, it's what you do in your in your kind of business. Space. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But one of the things for me is um, we're super honest yeah. and we take ownership of when we get things wrong. Yeah, okay. I am super, super open and honest about when I've got things wrong. We had this massive issue at the start of the business where all of our candles were sinking. They were lighting these candles and they were just tunneling down the middle. Yeah. And... Um, Instead of what, I'm not saying that other people would, but I, I, I'm guessing there'll be entrepreneurs out there that would say, not my problem. Sure. Sorry. I've seen that. Um, yeah. yeah, not my problem. My, for me, it was, you know what? That's my mistake. I'm ever so sorry. Let me, let me give you a refund. Okay. And, that must um, have taken a hit though. Um, yeah, it did. But no in the same in the same way because those customers are still my customers today amazing okay. um i dropped off candles to people's houses you know i've gone and apologized to them you know mm. and in the, my, josh would always say it's not the end of the world beth it's just a candle yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not the end of the world like yeah. you can chill out but i get like no i want them to go away and be like that's the best customer service i've yeah, received okay. <laughs> uh, so it, yes at the time yeah it, it was annoying you know but 
uh, you know, I lost a lot of money. <laughs> um, it paid off because those customers are still my customers today and they're my best customers. Yeah. So My next question is sort of, as a young entrepreneur, you must have had several opportunities to back out of this business. There must have been <laughs> several scary moments mm-hmm. uh, at the start low points and oh. oddly enough as we just discussed at some of the high points in terms of like going yeah. maybe this is a bit too much yeah um what made you press on what was the thing in your heart that you were just like it doesn't matter i, I gotta oh, keep going it's so hard this question is because it? there's two things and there's two sides and one's really self-centered okay and it's me my ego yeah. and i don't want to be the person that goes i couldn't do it i'm okay. not i don't want to be like that person that go you know you know that thing that everybody hears if it was easy, everyone would do it. Yeah. Well, I want to be the person that does it. Okay. So that's my ego. Okay. My ego it's finds It's very self-aware on. that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but my ego... Just straight into the... Yeah, ego. I did. Well, <laughs> but yeah. um, my ego, that is. And then the other part is callow. Having a child, yeah. uh, it's... If I ever sit there and I put my head in my hands, I've had it every week, probably yeah. since starting. I put my head in my hands and I'm like, you know what? screw this I don't want to do this anymore it'd be easier if I got a job I think about little Callow's face and when she grows up and she sees her mummy and she says you know what my mummy did this when I was little you know one day it might you know you know it could be next week I could say you don't want to do this anymore and if I did step away I want it to be by decision not by force I would hate it if it was by if I was forced out I'd be way more upset than if I went actually I don't want to do this anymore if that makes sense yeah what part of you is doing this to show your daughter now somebody you're a very influential figure in in her life like that you you got to press on is is that a factor is that something that you think about often actually no it's not um I do when I go to quit so okay. every time I go to quit, I think about her. Yeah. But actually, the day to day, I know, like you know, with your your mom and I am with my my mom could do nothing. I'd be proud of my mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, my mom goes to muck out her horse, and I'm yeah. like, well done. <laughs> <laughs> you are so good that you're going up to muck out the horse at eight a.m. Yeah. So I I know she'd be proud of me if you know I had. If I was, even if I was just at the dentist still, yeah. I know she'd be just as proud. It's just those moments where I go to quit that she yeah. in my head. I'm like. But look at this business. Yeah. Look what I did. But I think actually, yeah, to answer the question, it is more of my ego. I just I don't want to let it go. I know I know I've got I've got it in me to do it. Yeah. I always say this to myself all the time. This business will be massive if I want it to be. Yeah. The only way, way to think about it. Yeah, I think the only way this business won't keep continue to grow and be as big as I want it to be is if I decide I don't want it. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. It'll be me who ends this business. I don't think it would just end. I know that I've got a good enough product. It's just, you know, if my motivation, if my uh, passion for it continues, I know the business continue to grow. I think I'm in the driver's seat at the moment as to where this business goes, whether yeah. it continues to grow or I go, actually, you know, that's enough. Yeah. Forgive me for asking this. What's mm-hmm. been your lowest point in running this business? Oh, God, there's been... That's so sad that I'm doing that because we've only been going just over a year. <laughs> but it's that hard. There's lots of there's lots of low moments. I don't know what the specific figure is, but I believe something like fifty percent of businesses will fail in their first year. So you've yeah, already overcome yeah, you've already overcome the, that that hurdle. Yeah. Um, so I think you are entitled to sort of talk about the low points yeah. at this stage. You've you've kind of overcome a big one. There um, was one major one mm-hmm. where we were at home. It was just before Christmas. It was yeah. in November. Yeah, I remember the month. That's when you know it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> At 16 yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was 11 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> and we dropped Cal off at school, yeah. and Josh was working upstairs in his full time job because he's a graphic designer. Yeah. 
and he heard me crying and he came downstairs he went what's wrong and I was on the decking and I just was like I'm done I don't want to do this anymore and it it was just an overwhelming amount of pressure to like one make money because I'd quit my job at the dentist so I was doing it full time so I had to make money Christmas was approaching everybody knows especially when you've got kids yeah wow you know there's a there's an intense amount of pressure on parents to provide for your children yeah but apart from all that take that all away the money side take the money side away I have an intense amount of pressure on me to make people happy. I'm okay. a people pleaser. Is that I'm from a massive, within? Yeah. Okay. I'm a massive people pleaser. I just like to make people happy. And um, the amount of pressure that I was having to try and, you know, show up, be on Instagram, you know, make candles as fast as I needed to make candles, make sure everyone was happy. Yeah. It was just a bit too much. And then we were on top of each other in the house. We had gone through... At that moment in time, we'd pulled up all the kitchen floor in mm-hmm. to make the kitchen into a warehouse, and my kitchen's smaller than this room, so mm. it's really small. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's small, my kitchen is. Yeah. So, and we were working in it, and I mean, it was so bad. I have three cats, two dogs, and a three-year-old. I, part One part of me felt like I was doing the best job in the world, and the other part of me was like, how much easier would it be if I just went back to the dentist? Right. You know? And so... My next question is for essentially the people that might be going through that because mm. setting up your business or whatever new thing you might be going through mm. in your life, I don't think that's um, I don't think that's that's an isolated thing. I don't think yeah, it's something just you go through. Um, what what was the thing that you felt picked you back up? Josh, yeah, he is like he is my my yin to my yang. Like it, yeah. we are the complete opposites of one another. Okay, I'm very. <laughs> the world's gonna end <laughs> and he's the complete opposite he is super calm he sees the positive and everything mm. and one of the best things one of the best things he says to me all the time is that what's the end of the world he always mm. say it to me he always go it's not the end of the world like and because and, it's so overused that phrase you yeah. always just go yeah yeah but it is blah 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 but in that moment when he sent it to me we're on the decking and he put his arm around me mm. and he was like you're just making candles. You're not saving people's lives. Sure. You're just making candles. You're just doing the best you can do. It was like a moment where I went, yeah, I am. I picked myself up. I remember standing up and I walked back in the kitchen and the sun was coming down on me and I had this level of appreciation because this moment, what I'm doing right now, this yeah. right now is what I've dreamed of doing my entire life. Sure. I've dreamed of working for myself. And at this moment, I was like, stop being a spoiled little brat. <laughs> I was like, pick yourself back up and I've get had this in that conversation kitchen. With myself. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what? You work for yourself. You have no boss could be breathing down your throat and you're crying because you've got to make candles. Get up. Yeah. And, and I kind of had this like tough love in me and that's yeah. from my dad as well because yeah. I would hear my dad's voice in me going, stop being a wimp, get yeah. up. <laughs> um, so for in that aspect, I would say... <clears throat> Josh always brings me around. He can talk me into... Yeah. He, he literally always taught me out of a bad mood. Yeah. So he, and then also having this, like, inside me, I was like, I'm being spoiled. I just need to get on and hard work hard. You want to know something that what my... Um, our warehouse manager said after mm. meeting you two? Yeah. He, he phrased you guys in the, in the best way possible. Yeah. You guys are the easiest people to root for. Oh, that's I, so He nice. said that and I was like, that's fucking bang on. Because, like, the way Ash and I were talking about uh, you guys... Um, you know, as people and the business that you're running, I realized that was a very accurate description. Oh. You're very, very easy to root for. Oh, that's so um, nice. I 
I want to talk about more uh, for a brief moment about being a female entrepreneur. Yes. Do you find it to be the case, before I make too many assumptions, mm -hmm. that women are more expressive of their emotions? I think we're, oh God, don't want to offend anyone, but we, um, I think we can be very emotional, mm. um, but I think it comes with a lot of passion. Okay. Um, I think we're very, well, I am very easy to show my emotion because I'm very passionate. Yeah. I actually, I'm a lot tougher in front of, say, yourself mm. or Jenny or somebody that isn't Josh. Yeah. I can hold it together a lot more. Yeah. And then I let it out when I'm with Josh. But I do wear my heart on, heart on my sleeve and it's actually something I'm still learning today to do mm. is when I am feeling emotional about something yeah. is being able to step away. Mm. But to be honest, it doesn't really happen. I don't really get emotional with strangers it's more about when it's to do with my family unit when something's affecting my family unit yeah, yeah. but business do you think there are any advantages and also disadvantages to having more expressive characters in an office um yes and no because okay. <clears throat> i think being able to express yourself and be honest yeah. is great yeah but there's a level where it goes too far okay um and i was a classic person that looking back I can see why my managers may have found me difficult to deal with I used to think why would you why would you think I'm difficult because okay. I'm just honest mm. no there's a level there's okay. a level and I think I think I think where the level crosses is when you go over emotional where you're disrupting your own work or the yeah. people's work and you're demanding attention okay. uh, one thing a manager taught me Colette I've worked for this guy right in Selfridges um, when I was in London and he said to me and it stayed with my whole life I use it all the time is when you go to somebody with an issue you create a monkey and um, entrepreneurs will have lots of lots of monkeys okay. um, maybe when you're at work you just have three and it's those tasks for the day yeah. so if I come to you you're my manager and I say you know what the, uh, the, the wires under the desk they're causing problems hmm. it's a monkey you might not deal with it right now and you might think I might think well you're not doing anything about it you don't care yeah. but actually in the back of your head that's another monkey on your shoulder okay. and every time you keep going to that person you're adding another monkey on their shoulder hmm. what I think looking back what I used to do in jobs was I'd go to my manager with everything hmm. thinking I was doing something great Okay. This is a problem. We need this problem fixing. I'm happy to fix it if you want me to fix it. Don't fix that right now, Beth. I'll come to that later. But I've just created them a monkey. Right, okay. I've just gained another monkey. <laughs> yeah. And then next week, I'd go to them for another issue. And it sounds like I was creating issues, but I wasn't. I was actually trying to solve problems. Yeah. But did it need to be solved then and there? Right, okay. Probably not. Could I kept it and just tried to solve it in my own time when there was five minutes free? Probably. So I think that's an emotional side of if we're talking about just me, yeah. like it's holding back an emotion when you can let an emotion out when it's needed. But I think sometimes having too many emotions at work can actually be a hindrance. You've got to be, we're all human at the end of the day. We all experience emotions, but I think you've got to pick and choose on which ones you, you show. Maybe, I mean, maybe that's wrong, but I just think you can, there's a level where it can be too over emotional. Mm. For if, if I think of it, if I was at work, and something awful has happened to Jenny. Yeah. I'm one of these people that'll be like, right, stop, let's have a chat. Right, yeah. let's gather our, gather ourselves. Do you need to go home? Yeah. She says, no, I want to continue to work. Right, we go back to work. Okay. If you want to go home and experience your emotions, you go, do, you go do that. But I think that's where you've got to kind of go, is it okay to stay at work or is it okay to go and express your emotions at home? It's very interesting because, yeah, I'm trying to rack my brain here. And I do think there is a certain advantage 
which is, I mean, I've been in management like five years now. I've managed men, women, mm-hmm. um, people who I identify as something else. And, mm-hmm. and so the one thing that I've realized that I might be an advantage to having somebody who's more expressive is knowing up front what that person's going through. Mm-hmm. I realize that sometimes I, I will have, I've seen this myself in men where their performance will start to dip down. Mm-hmm. And it is not my job to mentor them. It's my job to pick up their performance. Mm-hmm. But the problem is I can't do that. Yeah. Because that's the reason for their performance mm-hmm. is down to something else. And that's definitely an advantage that I can mm. I can think of. But you, you're also right in saying it, it's not optimal for a business. Mm-hmm. There are certain hindrances that, that can't work. You've got to have work. a line, haven't you? Yeah. It's that balance of you, you, you're there to work. Yeah. This isn't therapy. Um, but at the same time, I'm a very emotional person, so I'm very empathetic. And mm. I'm not somebody that's like, well, you're at work, hon, so stop crying. Yeah. I'm not like <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm actually too empathetic sometimes. So I, I would cry with them. <laughs> But yeah, I think you've just, you've got to find that line. It's great to say your opinion. It's great to show emotion. It's great to be empathetic, but you've got to remember that you're there to do a job at the Mm. same time, I think. Moving on. um, Do you think that as a, as a young female entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. um, you've had any disadvantages come your way? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's something I feel really passionate about. Um, I... I am 100% one of these people that is like, as a woman in business, you come across hurdles and disadvantages that a man won't experience. Okay. One of these is receiving even simple things like invoices on time. Really? Um, there was a TikTok trend going around, which I've done and it works. Okay. And, um, <laughs> and it is um, when you're struggling to get an invoice paid, yeah. pretend you're a man and see how fast that invoice gets paid. I've tried it with three people. Yeah. The day Josh emailed, yeah. I received that payment on the day. You've got, you've got like evidence at this point. You've yeah. seen it three first people, in the flesh. Yeah. Three people. And yeah. that's and they weren't just men I've dealt with. That was two women and one man. Yeah. So you there's got to, there is an element in business where what is it about a woman's authority that people don't take seriously? Yeah. I've had people walk in and speak to me completely different to the way they speak to Josh. Right. And I, I've, I've even been in meetings and they've directly ignored that I'm there and they speak to Josh like this. Really? And I'm sat next to him and yeah. it's my business. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's your Josh, name on the door. Yeah, it's mine. It's, this is my full-time job. Yeah. Josh is in this business. I call him a co-founder because he is a co-founder, right? Yeah, yeah. But he has his full-time job. He has his baby. Mm-hmm. This is my baby. And one thing that's really sad to me is my old job when I started this business and I was in my old job. Yeah. Somebody I worked with came upstairs in front of the manager that was standing in at the time and she said, oh, have you seen... Uh, yeah, Beth's doing this job because the manager was asking me about this job. And she said, oh yeah, Josh did it all. Mm. And the manager went, oh, did he? And I went, no, Josh made me my label. Yeah. And she went, no, but he built your website. No, 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 no. I built that website. And it, in that moment in time, I went home to Josh and I said, even when my name is on this door, yeah. it's all about, my name is in the title. It still comes back to, well, Josh built that. Yeah. Do you know how many people, even last week, I had somebody say, Josh is dead good at editing those videos, isn't he? Mm. And it's... It's it's me. It's you. And I'm not trying to take away from Josh. He's fantastic mm. and he adds a lot. This business won't be what it is without Josh. He adds yeah. a lot of a lot of input. Um, 
but at the end of the day, where does that come from? Where does it come from when I've I've actually said, no, I make the videos, I do the photography, yeah. but people still go, Josh is amazing. Mm. That I find I do find that really hard. And mm. there's a lot of it in this business. I mean, I don't know if you've seen um the podcast with Stephen Bartlett and Karen Brady that's just been on, but mm. they spoke about um when you've have a when you have a baby. Yeah. And they said it's like fifty-four thousand women come back and are treated unfairly after having a baby so oh, when really? they return back to their jobs so this is crazy because i didn't yeah. know this but carry on please yeah it's like fifty-four thousand women yeah. are treated unfairly when they return back to their jobs after having a baby mm. to the point where they have to leave their job um yeah. or find a new job um because this is it's another hurdle that we face in for my business is one thing that i, I would never want to have yeah. is that you know when people have a baby it's not thinking that they're a spare part and they're not going to perform as well mm. it's actually accommodating their role to help them yeah and there's a lot of that still i mean that's not that's not for my business right now we're not at this stage neither neither of us are having a baby right now but yeah. we've both got little kids yeah. my callow's four next month and jenny has a one-year-old and i'm very accommodating mm. and actually that doesn't make her any less of an asset to my business right which is i don't think something it people actually, realize if anything, it makes her more of an asset because okay. what Jenny has is the drive to fight for her son. Right. It's to provide, you know, she can't just call in sick and not get pay because mm. she's got her son to provide for and it's the same with me with Callow. Yeah. I come to work when I don't feel like to come to work because I need money for my daughter. Yeah. And I think if anything, if people had that outlook instead of actually when they have a baby, oh God, they're going to have to go pick up the kid from, no, they're going to come in and they're going to turn up and work hard to get money yeah. for their kid. It's that whole feminism topic of people think when you talk about this sort of stuff like I am and obviously I'm passionate about it they think you're anti-man right. and it's nothing to do with that men are also fighting like Josh goes to work and he's providing for Callow yeah. he's working just as hard to provide for Callow like there's other men just working just as hard but it's just having the mutual respect that just the woman isn't we're the care caregivers mm. and the man is the breadwinner so it's just I think it literally just is simple what one thing I would say is what people watching the tone on how they speak to women because it's degrading they can be degrading without knowing it and that's women to women and men to women mm. that's not just a men to women thing it's it's watching your tone because I could walk in a room and I could be talking to you about my business mm. and you'll be talking to me in one way obviously not you specifically <laughs> um, but you'll be talking to me yeah. one, you'll be talking to me one way yeah. but then Josh will walk into this room next to me yeah. and the tone is completely different and I right. think it's just might be mindful of treating treating one with respect because we're both just as important whether we're female or male mm. um, I have to confess something but it was a very valuable lesson to me mm. um, and I think it might be a valuable lesson to others I don't think it was a case of respect I think it was a case of volume mm -hmm. um, there is somebody that that currently still works for us um, and she is just sensational at her mm -hmm. job she goes from strength to strength which is quite a shy character mm -hmm. um, and I realized I was in uh, a meeting I'd, I'd put together three uh, of my people to, in a team to try and solve this problem right. um, and she was one of those individuals it was mm -hmm. two guys and her she was brought in to design the system that was there to, to fix this issue right. we fix, finished the meeting um, and we were just sort of chit-chatting for about five minutes. I honestly don't even remember this, but then I said a joke and everybody laughed and she didn't laugh. Right. And this isn't where you think it's going. <laughs> um, but she just stayed quiet for a while and the guys left. And I went, hey, is everything okay? And she goes, 
I made that exact same joke five minutes ago. And nobody laughed. No, nobody heard it. And nobody heard it. Yeah. And even worse. And that was the thing. It was like, I'd realized that I'd put her in a room with um, yeah. the three of us guys who are very loud, mm-hmm. um, who do to generally take authority over a room. Mm-hmm. But it was the fact that I'd let down my responsibility to elevate the voices of those around me. Yeah. Um, and I felt terrible. I th- oh, no. I'd assume she'd forgotten about it by yeah. now, but I carried that with me. She's uh, still going to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Damn you, Salma. That guy. <laughs> but it was one of those things where I think it opened my eyes to a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. It wasn't that particular scenario. Yeah. It was the case of like, this shit is just passing me by. And more just the fact that any any quiet voice should, it is as, as somebody in leadership, your responsibility to elevate that. Yeah. There is a big assumption of um, if you're not bad, you're good. Mm. That That is the default section. I think I was going through that for a while of just like, I'm not bad. I don't. I don't hold any women back from promotions. Mm-hmm. I, I I recruit as equally uh, as equally as I can. Mm-hmm. But here I am in the simplest of settings, and I've mm-hmm. something like that. Just like, like the default setting. Yeah. There is, I think, um, a level of like active change required for you to be able to pat yourself yeah. on the shoulder and go, "I'm doing all right." Yeah. Rather than just, "Well, I'm not doing the bad stuff." Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm. Yeah. I'm fine. You hit the nail on the head there, though. It's um, the when you walk into a room. You know, when you're on about the default setting, yeah, um, it hits the nail on the head, and it's what I maybe should have said is changing the default setting instead okay. of, and it's not just paying attention; it's changing the default setting. A lot of people, when I walk into a room with Josh, they assume Josh is the CEO and I do the creative stuff. I, I get, yeah, to be fair, he probably would be better than me because his <laughs> skill sets do lie there. But, um, but in generically, when you walk into a room, yeah, you, you I'm the girl, so I must be creative, and Josh is the CEO because he's mm. a man. And I think it's just the default setting, and it's a shame because there's so many great, incredible women in business, mm. and our voices are, are valuable. We're, we're valuable, and we offer a lot, like the emotional thing. Yeah. I think it can make a lot of us really good managers. Yeah, not. Saying men can't be, they can just equally. Josh is very good because he's so level-headed, he's mm-hmm. so fair, he's confident. However, what I have is the emotional side. I can look at somebody and go, you know what? I I can look at your your life and what's going on right now and what you've just told me, mm. and I think right now you could go home and you know I'm very reasonable. Mm. And I think there's plus and minuses to both. It's just having both voices heard. There's nothing I can say to argue against that. Yeah. Um, cool. Now I want to ask you a couple of questions about your business, The Yay. Wandering Bee. One that I'm very well aware of that is yours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. you um, oh God, don't say that. I've like drilled onto it. It no. is mine. <laughs> not, I, I wanted to make funny Bee. I didn't want to make, I didn't, I didn't want to start controversial <laughs> topics here. Um, Something that you said at the very start, which I think encompasses your business really well, is you make kick-ass kind candles. Yeah. And I think it does focus around, um, you made some business decisions that are more costly. I don't think they were financially yeah. driven. No. Um, the sustainability element, yes. the, the fact that, uh, I mean, walk us through some of the benefits of a Wandering Bee candle. Yeah, so they're completely eco-friendly from start to finish. Mm-hmm. We Everything we've done around with the Wandering Bee down to our packaging, to the product, and the way we work, um, we have tried to we've tried to do everything as sustainably as we can. So we use beer bottles for the bottles. Um, we use soy wax um, over paraffin. Mm-hmm. Um, all of our fragrance oils are clean and natural as possible. Uh, we are completely plastic free brand. Everything we make is compostable and recyclable. Um, 
even the tape we use, we make sure it's obviously a paper tape. Um, And even, this is going to sound really OTT, but I really think it's necessary. When you say you're a sustainable brand, you have to look at every single way you work. Um, So there's several ways that we, like you say, that are not financially driven, that we had to make decisions and they've cost us a lot of money. Mm. For example, um, using companies for packaging that use a vegan ink, and vegan glue because oh. many oh, companies glue, ink. yeah ink um you can have vegetable based ink so we've gone for a company that use vegetable based ink yeah. and um it's there's there's several little things for example our machines like our sanding machines there's a method that would have been cheaper where you can just connect it to the mains and then it just puts water down it mm. but we use a a, um, a pipe that kind of recycles the water oh, cool. so we put our pat in it it's actually really annoying for us to use like it would be way easier to put it to the mains yeah. but we have like a bucket and then the the tube goes in the bucket and then it just recycles the water okay. it's little minor things like so even the way you work is sustainable because i could have just put it to the mains gone well this is easier mm. do that um so it's little little things like that You've missed one, and I want to impress you by saying I've noticed. Go on. Um, you, you care about what happens to the bottles after they've been used as candles. 100%, yeah. yeah. It's, we actually have a massive focus on what do you do with... We have this whole campaign around what do you do with your bottles once you've used them. Do you yeah. upcycle them? We take them back as well, so we refill the candles. Mm-hmm. So we'll take it back. Um, people bring it to us on market. Some people post them back to us, which mm. is so nice. Mm. Um, and that people put, like, thank you cards and stuff. It's <laughs> That's so sweet. Honestly, it's like I literally... I feel like every every company says it's why I have the best customers but literally they like write like little thank you notes and send me them back and people bring me them in bags in markets hmm. and uh, yeah we refill them all so we melt them all down the wax that's if there's any wax residue we melt it down clean hmm. them all out re-wick them fill them up and then sell them on so yeah that's a really good element of recycling again here's the toughie why? come on I'm, I'm always been super passionate about about saving the planet yeah. <laughs> I mean like I, yeah I went vegan when I when I was at uni and um I kind of was one of the proper like pro in your face vegans okay. I'm not like that anymore but I was I went through a stage where I was a proper like well why why do you eat me and I'm not like that anymore I actually don't care if you eat me or not anymore I'm a lot more relaxed about it yeah. but I'm kind of like that a little bit with sustainability now okay. i just don't understand it when you receive parcels and it's covered in plastic and i'm like but this there's an alternative mm. or like there's we use EcoFlow, which is like packing peanuts that dissolve in water and they're compostable and they're biodegradable and your your pets could eat them mm. and they they wouldn't you know i, I don't recommend them either no. but your pets they're pet safe yeah. like why would you use that why would you use something other than that, sorry, hmm. when that's available? I understand if there's not an alternative. Yeah. When you're being pushed into a decision that you can't get out of, then fair. But when there's something on the market that is better, hmm. okay, I get it from big businesses. There's a lot that has to go into making a decision. Mm-hmm. But when you're a small business, I don't think there's an excuse. Yeah. When I see a small business using lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of plastic products, I'm like, well... There's lots of alternatives, though, you know? We shouldn't be sending it in that anymore. I yeah. don't know. Have you, my... have you felt... Um, well, I suppose you went off because you started off in this way, mm. but um, are there financial disadvantages to what you're doing? Mm. If yes, do you, I imagine you still believe it's worth it. Mm-hmm. But is yeah. it more costly to do it this way? Massively, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately so. I think that's you find that even with eating. When, you, yeah. when you're eating 
uh, non-meat yeah. based food <laughs> like um you know the supermarket your supermarket shop becomes more expensive it's the same in business when we're buying EcoFlow, it is more expensive. You know, our packaging that we're getting soon, uh, because we've gone for the most eco-friendly packaging we could get, yeah. um, it's cost a lot more per unit. Mm. Um, but it, it has to pay off, doesn't it? I mean, yeah. it, we can't we can't just keep going forward in business and promoting bad things. Uh, just my brain really struggles to get around. Oh, well, I get more profit, so who cares mm. what's happening to the planet? I really struggle to wrap my brain around that. For me, I think if you can make a decision for change, I think we should, and I, I think it's a wise decision in this day and age mm. because I do it for passion, but also I think that people who are buying products today in this new generation, they're so, they're very woke. <laughs> and uh, we are very, very aware of yeah. what's going on in the world. This isn't something we don't know about. Yeah. We're all becoming very aware. And it's actually, um, I don't want to say it's trendy, but it is. People say that it's you. trendy, you know, it's trendy for people. So I actually think it's probably bad business not to do it. So if you're going to save the planet and it's going to make your company more popular, why not? Sure. You know, um, I just think you've got to do it for the right reasons to begin with, though. Don't just do it because it's trendy. You've got to know you, you've got to know some stuff. You can't just go forward and start using eco-friendly packaging and go, I don't know, it's an eco-friendly. Hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, actually, you can yeah. if you want, because at least yeah. it's a good it's, it's start. It's one step closer. Yeah, it's one step closer. <laughs> so I'm, I'm genuinely curious. It seems like a lot of your moral compass has driven this business. It seems like... Um, there have been a lot of priorities and we haven't spoken about one yet. Mm. That's money. Mm. So I'm very curious about where mm. in your list of priorities money is because you went with design, you went with a specific recipe, you mm -hmm. picked the packaging for sustainability. Mm. Passion. Where does money lie in the list of responsibilities for you? Do you know, this stems back to a question that I got asked by my manager when I worked in recruitment, funnily, funnily yeah. enough. I got put into a room and she said, I want to know what drives you. Oh, in recruitment, it has to be yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has to be. Yeah. Like, oh, it has yeah. to be the first time. Yeah, and you know what I said? I said yeah. money. Yeah. And she goes, no, it isn't. And I was like, eh? Yeah. She went, absolutely no, it isn't. She went, I'm not going to tell you what your, your motivation is. Yeah. I want you to go away and find it. And I never found it. I could never find out what my motivation was mm. until I, until about, oof, I was going to say until I had Callie, but I don't think it was. Mm. I think it was about just before I started the Wandering Bee. My motivation is freedom. So okay. that's what, what freedom is, what motivates me. So yeah. money mm. comes into play with the part of freedom. Massively, you know, the whole yeah. like money doesn't bring happiness. No. There's an element to it, isn't there? You know, yeah. the freedom side of what money brings. So money is is quite high in it as a priority to for my family hmm. it's quite high as a priority so i can go on holiday and have nice things but it's not up here hmm. for me you know it's not one of the highest priorities i don't I don't look at it and go, I'm doing this business because I want to be a millionaire. Mm. I actually couldn't be forced. I'd love to be comfortable. I'd mm. love to have a nice house. I'd love to have a nice car. Mm. I'd love to have financial freedom. But you know what? As long as I'm happy, I can go on holiday. Mm. I make bloody good products to the mm. best I can and people love them. I'm winning. So it's kind of like mid-range. As long yeah. as I've got enough money, yeah. I'm all right. <laughs> sounds like a good place to live. <laughs> yeah. I think as, if you can keep that though, because I think the thing is as an entrepreneur, you keep yeah. moving the goalpost. Yeah. And I constantly move the goalpost. So, you know, 
just a just this is just a random number off the top. It says you want to earn ten pound, yeah? yeah. You get to the ten pound, you want to earn twenty. You get to the twenty, you want to earn fifty. You move it, you get one hundred. I always move the goalpost. So there is a money aspect to it because that money helps my business grow. Yeah. So it is very important when it comes to my business. So glad you mentioned goals. What have, mm. um, did you set yourself out any goals when you first started the business? Or mm-hmm. then when did some goals start to come into play? Massive manifesto. Mani- okay, okay. Manifest everything. Um, my manifestations when I started the business, my top one was to work for myself. Okay. So I started in the February. I quit my job in the June and worked for myself by the June. Yeah. Um, the one after that was I wanted to hire a member of staff and be in a unit. Mm. So they were the, kind of my three goals. Obviously, thankfully... I I mean I've got my fingers crossed I don't know why but I just hope it continues (laughs) but um, yeah you know I I got those manifestations within my first year which is amazing Mm. and my goals now is I have like a list of manifestations that I want to achieve Mm. um and you know the whole one year and five year plan um I have my one year five five year plans but my actual like step-by-step goals yeah. um yeah my goals my goals now i want a little team mm-hmm. my, my my short-term goals i want a little team i obviously want to continue to grow and i want to get into a few department stores mm-hmm. um and then long-term goals i mean we're talking distribution center yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know i want like my marketing departments i want you know i want all little teams of everything so mm. um long-term goals we're going big um (laughs) um, and then short term i just would like my little team and one of my you know one of my biggest goals yeah i want a bloody nice place to work i want people to come into work and just absolutely love their job and i know that's really hard because a lot of people would rather be with their families sure but for me I just think there's something really important about your staff coming in and being like, I feel like I've got the best job in the world. Yeah. One of the biggest compliments I've received since starting my business from, from go to now has hmm. been Jenny came in one day and said, I've never felt so fulfilled in a job. And wow. that's like toot my own horn, but mm. I didn't say that. She said that. And yeah. I got such satisfaction out of that. I was like, that makes me emotional because I'm so scared of having somewhere that people don't want to come yeah and i think you work your team work harder and i think i work harder when you come in and you can whack the music on and all rally around and you're all cheering for the same goals i think there's something special about that yeah and i think when you're in um you're somebody in your position I, i'm not sure how, how many hours jenny works here but if mm-hmm. you're asking somebody of 40 hours mm-hmm. of their week yeah which is a large chunk if not a majority of it i yeah. think there is a certain responsibility to create a place 100 yeah i don't That's... think people realize that there's enough free shit you can do mm-hmm. as in like make yourself available to speak to people yeah um really reward good listening, work listening taking what they have to say taking yeah. their own ideas on board i learn a lot dean and sharon which is josh's mom and stepdad mm. have taught me a lot about what I know today. And I'm still learning every day. I get things wrong all the time. But they teach me like a large proportion of what I've learned today. Hmm. And one of the things they always like kind of mentor me about is being a manager or a boss Mm. or a CEO. And I've learned so much from them about, you know, listening to people's ideas and taking them and not just going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually listening to what they have to say and actioning what they Hmm. have to say. And I'm still learning. (laughs) It's been a massive learning curve. You know, being a manager becomes is so unnatural to me. I want to be a team. I'm yeah. a leader, yeah. but I don't think I'm a manager. Okay. I think there's a difference between the two. And I'm, I'm, I'm learning every day. So I'm saying this not as somebody trying to give advice. <laughs> I'm just kind of repeating what I've been told and, and trying yeah. to action it myself. Do you think that there is... Um, 
because I hate, I, I see this and I absolutely hate it. I think there is this uh, pre-assumption that management is a reward for time served. I'm always talking about this and I absolutely hate it. I think anybody... I think that's very true. Yeah, I think if you see somebody in a position long enough, they're worthy of a position yeah. in management, which might be the case, but I don't think people assume enough about the responsibilities that come that, with being you know, a manager. You know, I've actually never thought about that. That's so true. I think, I think it's easy to be an okay manager. I think mm-hmm. that's super easy. To be good, great, there's... There's so much to it. <laughs> so hard. There's so much. Like, <laughs> how long would you say, you, is it just like the one ring beat? Have you been in management before? Never been in management. I went through management training. Oh God, I say management training. I yeah. didn't really. I got put on a course and then I fell pregnant. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I I kind of been through a little bit of mentoring at Selfridges, but mm. no, I've never managed. I, I've, been, I've probably done it for just over five years and I think I've just stopped sucking at it. Really? Like, I wouldn't even say I'm anywhere near good. I yeah. just stopped sucking at I complete, all You know that what, time. Sam? I get it. I yeah. think it's really hard. And one thing that um, me and Jenny talk about, we're very honest with one another, mm. is I'm like a pinball. Well, you know, you've seen me. Mm. I'm like a pinball all the time. I'm oh, jo- ideas. Ideas. I'm pinballing around the room. Yeah. I'm like, I've got this and then this and then this and this and this and this and this. <laughs> and um, one thing that you know, she does great with this putting up with me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, um, and I think it's one thing that I'm even learning now is like, you know what? You've got to chill. Because <laughs> you have staff and they're not going to understand what's going on in my brain. Yeah. So like you said, where you've only just stopped sucking, I think mm. I still suck. Mm. I think I, <laughs> I th- I'm just doing my best. And mm. I think that as long as you're doing your best and your staff can see that you're trying your best. Yes. And you are empathetic and you are listening. And then I think I think people allow it. Yeah, I th- well, I think that shows your trajectory is in the going in the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think being just somebody you can tolerate as a, having a manager that you can yeah. just sort of tolerate that's very scary. Yeah, I've been in those positions where Same. you just think five years time I'm going to be yeah. exactly where I am. You're going to be exactly where you yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. The risk are going to be. Happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get it. Um, look, I have probably about 20 more questions, but I'm not going to ask them because we're going <laughs> to run out of charge, memory, all sorts. I do just want to ask you one last thing. Are there any questions I should have asked you uh, that I haven't? Or is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't spoken about? Or is there anything you want to ask? There's like three questions. but <laughs> Let me have a think. So you essentially have two choices. You can ask me to ask you a question. Mm. Well, you can do both of these. Or you can ask me a question. Or we could do both. Do you know what I'd be interested to ask you? Go on. Why would you find that you'd want to have me on your podcast? Of all the people that you know, yeah. why would you choose that you'd want to have me on? Or The Wandering Bee, not yeah. just me? Um, I think it stems back to uh, what Harvey said. Um, you yourself, uh, you as a team with Josh and your business is... Um, you, as a concept, it's very easy to root for. But the main thing is the fact that you fucking did it. Like, oh, and by it, I mean start. Like, you've got huge dreams and ambitions for this place. The word success is very subjective, but I'd argue that's very applicable here. I'm reading a book at the moment, I have it somewhere with me, called Ego is the Enemy. It says, mm. um, 
talking and doing fight for the same resources mm. it's the fact that when you talk about wanting something for long enough you feel like you've done something and you want to pat yourself on the shoulder that's interesting and it's it's made me realize about all of the stuff i did before i actually did which was right. pr- pretty much just talk right yeah um and i have a, a huge admiration for the doers of the world mm. um and this isn't this, this doesn't have a huge viewership but i think wherever i see that probably deserves a bit of a limelight oh that's um, so- and that's why i was just very curious oh, so uh, to nice. me and like I said, to feed my own curiosity, I had a hundred questions. I've had twenty that I didn't ask. Yeah. <laughs> I think maybe that comes in in part two. Yeah. Does that answer. I the question? literally love that. Yeah, that was so nice. Thank you. Um, I was going to say, are you going to do a part two? Are we ending it after this? No. Because um, I was going to say a little something. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Um, Have we got time? Are you okay to say it without the video? Because that might die. Yeah. Go for it. Um. So I was going to say that. Um. Like. It's been a lot about me, like mm. we've what we've spoke about. It's been a lot about me and a lot about uh, obviously the wandering bee, which is what we talk about. But also, I'd love to shine a light on like mothers. I think it's one thing that um, we don't get enough respect for mm. um, in business, especially. It's sure. really, really hard, and I think a lot of it comes down to that the mothers are the carers, the mm. mothers. XYZ and if you're a mother listening to this and you sat there going I'd love to do something like that Hmm. I'd love to do that if you have because we know how tough kids are (laughs) you know dads included kids are tough if you have you know 10 minutes of your day 20 minutes of your day to do just a little bit of research on what you'd love to do Hmm. just spend that 10-20 minutes for over a couple of weeks and develop a kind of like plan and strategy and just try your best to try find some time away to just do that one thing you know when I was starting out and it sounds so easy when I said it and I thought as soon as I said it that I made it sound so easy Mm. when I said oh I just did it no I had Carlo screaming in the background crying for a tea yeah you know, it was hard. It was really hard. And I cried a lot. Mm. But if you have enough passion and drive, I really do think you can make just just even 10 minutes, because I know 10 minutes are even hard to get, yeah. a bit of time and shine in a light for, for mothers. Because I just, I think that, yeah, there isn't enough of a, a light shine. But people think when you become a mother, you're just a mother. Right. But we have so much more potential. Um, so it's just, yeah, I don't know. It just You said research as well. What's another first step that people can take to just go out and do? They magically find 10 minutes, which mm-hmm. I, again, I can imagine is mm-hmm. really hard. I don't find 10 minutes and I'm only responsible for my <laughs> fucking self. So I couldn't imagine how hard it must be. Um, but if somebody had 10 minutes, what's a good first step? Or what can you say to help them overcome the fear that they might not be able to do it? Oh, good question. Okay. Um, that to overcome the fear mm. of maybe not being able to do something, um, one is don't put too much thought into it. Okay. I know that sounds daft. No, no, I but agree. But it's the honest truth. When I said, I just said, what about candles and ordered a bag of wax? It's because yeah. there was no thought. Yeah. I didn't think about, is this going to work? I didn't think, where are we going to go? I didn't think about, well, what's our brand name going to be? People get so caught up on what their name's yes. going to be. Don't care about that. Don't think about it. Focus on getting something that you know people are going to want and spend money on. Because mm. if you want it to be a full-time job, they need to want to spend money. Mm-hmm. Want to spend the money on. And something that you feel like you can get passionate about. You know, people say, you've got to do something that you love. I don't believe in that. Mm. I think you've got to have enough passion. Are you okay if we just subtitle this? Yeah. <laughs> Carry on. Yeah. I think you've got to have, you know, enough passion. Mm. Um, For me, I didn't 
absolutely adore candles. Yeah. Candles weren't my be all and end all. They really weren't. Mm. But I knew I had enough passion to put behind them. Yeah. I had enough passion behind creating a sustainable product. That's what I could push forward with. So don't get caught up and hung up on all the little things because they'll come with time. Yeah. Don't worry about what you're going to do with your kid if it does take off. Don't worry about what you're going to do in your full-time job if you start getting orders. Mm. Don't worry about that Mason in the background is screaming for his tea. Mm. Go sort out your child. You're fine. You've got this. Mm. Like You can be a mum and you can be an entrepreneur and it's frigging hard. Mm. It's not easy. You know, I didn't feel like I've, I don't feel like it's been easy. It's been really hard and it's hard to find the time. But if you don't put the thought into it and you just try your best to just do it, I think it helps. Like for a, a classic example is I hate it when people knock wax melts. It really bugs me because it, and it irks my soul because <laughs> I can be stood on a market and somebody will come over me and take the piss out of somebody doing wax melts mm. and I hate I see jokes and memes about it all the time and it really annoys me I'm like that person do you know how much it probably took for them to even start making those wax melts yeah, yeah. do you actually know how much effort goes into making wax melts it's a lot they didn't just wake up one morning and just shove some wax in a thing mm. they've tested it they've put the time in it there's so many out there because people want to do something for themselves mm. yes it is predominantly mothers it's because it's something that works around the kids mm-hmm. don't sit there and say that wax melts aren't good enough or candles aren't good enough if you don't don't put too much thought into it it all comes back to that thing for working mothers and working dads you know it's going for something and going I'll work it out as I go and not thinking this is too much of a big feat for me Mm. Um, that was just I feel really passionate about that inspirational as fuck and the camera (laughs) died for it god damn it god Ram make something magical out of that please (laughs) god please Um, I'm going to have to film a bit of an outro outside of this as alongside with the intro but thank you very much for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure I've loved it we will have to do a part two because again I have too many questions I would love to do (laughs) a part uh, two we'll do it at some point in the very early future I hope thank you very much for joining me thank you